The landscape in Arizona is changing, and so is its political climate. For decades, Arizona had a reputation as being a conservative haven. It introduced the country to politicians like Barry Goldwater and John McCain. It also provided hardliners like Jan Brewer and Joe Arpaio. But Arizona's population continues to grow. Have you noticed more people on the streets, more cars on the roads? And there's a reason for that. Maricopa County once again topping the list as the fastest growing county in America. And the influx of new residents is changing our state's politics. With the ever-changing landscape of Arizona's electorate, our state is looking more like one of those battleground states that presidential candidates will covet. Once a reliably red state, Arizona has become increasingly purple. So these are suburbs where Democrats have increased the registration, whether it be because people have decided to change the registration to Democratic or simply because we're seeing migration of uh, a sort of younger person or a sort of more Democratic-leaning person into the state. In fact, NBC News named Arizona one of the top three states to watch during the upcoming election. 2020 could invite another blue wave in Arizona. While Republicans still outnumber Democrats in the state, recent polls indicate the potential for a shift to the left. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, a national political reporter for the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national political reporter for the Republic. As hosts of The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast, we're really curious about how the purple trend in Arizona is playing out across the state. What issues are most important to voters in each congressional district? What are their thoughts on the upcoming election? To find out, we're visiting each of the state's nine congressional districts. Over the next few months, you'll hear from voters across the state before they cast their votes. We're starting in a district that's right in our backyard in Phoenix. After all, Maricopa County will play a pivotal role in this election. Maricopa County is 62% of the vote, so a lot of what happens in Arizona, uh, as far as our elections, is centered around Maricopa County and Phoenix. The 7th Congressional District includes downtown Phoenix, as well as portions of South and West Phoenix. It stretches up to Glendale in the North and all the way over to Tolleson in the West. This is a crucial district for Democrats. They need to pull large numbers here to offset the gains Republicans will make elsewhere in the state. The typically blue, heavily Latino district is represented in Washington by Democrat Ruben Gallego. The 40-year-old has been in Congress since the 2014 elections. Gallego knows his district well, and voters there seem to know him fairly well as well. He says the myriad of positions he's had in different parts of his district help. But his approach is personal, too. When I ran for state house, I put my cell phone number in all my literature. And uh, people used to test me to see if it was really me. And, and there's a lot of people that still have my cell phone number. And his constituents can attest to his approach. Just listen to this story from Jose Tarango, a retiree who lives in Gallego's district. That's Jose saying, I voted for him. He even came to my house. Sometimes when they are running, they come to the neighborhoods. I keep very in contact uh, with, with the district. Um, now also, because my district is really young, I do look and respond to social media too. A lot of my younger constituents 
don't want to go to my office. They want a quick answer, um, and they'll just reach out and ping me on uh, ping me. That's such an old old person thing to say now, right? <laughs> we asked Representative Gallego what stands out to him about his district. He said that it's a working class district with young families and young adults who are starting their working lives. So, you know, I have trucking, I have manufacturing, I have the service industry, I have hotels, um, and we have finance too. You know, I have uh, the largest finance core, and we also have the largest, uh, I would say, tech corridor that's growing uh, in this state and probably in this, in this country. And a lot of his constituents have lived in this district for decades. What you'll see in my district is families that have lived next to each other for generations, um, but they're at the different levels of income. So if you are, I've seen families that live and, and were living in poverty in South Phoenix, and then they you know, moved up to middle class, and they moved, bought another house in South Phoenix a couple blocks away, and then they got even a little more richer, so they ended up moving to you know South Mountain, right? But they're all kind of staying within that area. But the makeup of his district is changing, and quickly. As Maricopa County grows, Gallego says he sees a lot of young, white, liberal families moving in. I think my district is particularly uh, attractive to young professionals because we have uh, good proximity to s schools. Uh, we are not that far away from job corridors. I, uh, younger families don't like commuting and don't like spending hours and hours in the car. Um, I think we also have the arts districts, the theater district, um, great restaurants, culture, all these things that kind of attract those types of families that are, that are particularly moving from other states. In fact, Gallego's district is one of the youngest in the country. He said that the median age is 24.3 years old. So how does that affect his agenda in Washington? They want to have good paying jobs. They want to make sure that their kids and a lot of these young families, or young families, want to have good schools. They want to have the opportunity to go to college. A lot of them are still dealing with student loan debt. I mean, these types of things that I think a lot of politicians talk about in a theoretical level, I do see all the time. So that's what Gallego's district looks like. It's young, it's liberal, and it's in the heart of Phoenix. But what do voters in Gallego's district care about? And how will their votes shape the 2020 election? To find out, I hit the streets with audio producer Maritza Dominguez. And there was one topic that kept coming up time and time again. Education. Cesar Tovar is a 44-year-old call center representative. He's not a U.S. citizen, so he can't vote. But he said he's most concerned with education funding. He has a daughter who is a freshman at North High School. Considering that um, there's not enough teachers, um, there's a lot of old buildings um, around, so I think that would be like uh, um, how, to, how to budget the money in together so, you know, education could be much more better. I think that, that would be uh, like the first thing. Marina and Rafael Gonzalez also live in Gallego's district. Their children go to Reyes Maria Ruiz, a charter school. Marina said that they both work in the healthcare industry, so they have a pretty stable income. But not all of their kids' classmates experience the same thing. Um, there's a lot of children that go without food. I mean, the school provides as much as they can, but, you know, I see a lot of the children where 
I am putting in my money to be able to help out a lot of these children because I feel bad. Um, so, I mean, there's the cost of clothing, there's the cost of food, there's the cost of, like, taking them out on field trips, taking them out just to see the world or give them something more than... Like tissues and hand sanitizer and things of that nature, so... And it's not just parents who are concerned with education. Yvonne and Maritza found two potential first-time voters who listed education as their biggest concern. My name is Sebastian Estrada. I'm 18. Sebastian is still in high school. He also keeps down a job at Pollo Loco. He said he sees a lot about politics on social media, but he's not been too engaged himself. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to vote this election coming up, but probably the next one. We'll see, because I don't even know who's running that's not to say he doesn't care. Sebastian said he needed more time to research different candidates before voting. But there are a few key issues that are important to him, including ones other voters in the district talked about as well. Uh, I feel I care about the schooling, education, because I'm personally going to college and I want to have a good college life and not have to worry about payments all the time. Marco Antonio Lopez was at Tres Leches Cafe in downtown Phoenix with Sebastian. Marco was also 18. He said this will probably be the first time he votes. He shared the same concerns as Sebastian. I feel like everybody should have the chance to be able to go to school, you know? Um, and I know Bernie was talking about it last year, about how like everybody deserves to go to college, you know? I feel like everything's overpriced. Uh, it doesn't give everybody the chance to, to be able to have, you know, a chance to go. Marco is currently enrolled at Grand Canyon University, where he's studying nursing. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I work, and, um, well, I mean, I pay for it right now, but I am looking into getting a scholarship with McDonald's. Okay. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully getting my tuition paid for, but for people that don't, you know, that, like, like me, like, I work full-time, and on top of that, I go to school full-time, so it's, like, kind of, you know, it's kind of hard. Gallego said that education is a concern of his, too. His district has one of the lowest shares of those with college degrees. Gallego said that's partially a function of the youth of his district, but he acknowledges that there's been a lag in terms of Latino participation in college, although they're starting to catch up. If you look at who's at the community college right now, uh, especially Mar the Maricopa Community College system, you have some of these uh, campuses that are majority Latino. And I have uh, about, f I think it's four campuses in my district from Maricopa Community College. Um, and I think you're just going to continue to to rise. Gallego said he's worried that the young Latino students think that they can't afford to go to college. He acknowledges that this isn't necessarily bad, since there's always the option to learn a trade. Uh, but what I don't want is people thinking that college is not a good investment for them. Uh, I was the first in my family to go to college, and I knew college was attainable to me because I heard that you know schools were cheap, that I could get a scholarship, and uh, you know, and if I worked hard enough, that it, I could do it. I think there's a lot of young men and women right now that, that are starting to see the future when it comes to college attainment or bachelor degree attainment as being uh, almost um, out of reach. And I think that's very dangerous for the Arizona economy. Education wasn't the only issue voters raised in Gallego's district. Healthcare was also a huge concern. Melinda Turner is a 47-year-old who just got accepted into Arizona State University's Teachers Academy. For her, access to quality health care is a top priority. Right now, my boyfriend, he pays way too much for insurance, and, and that's just paying monthly. Like, he's paying $600.
And that's and then when he goes, yes, he still has to pay copay, and then prescriptions are still over a hundred dollars, and you know, so it's like you're paying over a thousand dollars just for insurance. Gallego said that the rising cost of health care is an issue for voters in his district, regardless of their age. He said it would be a godsend for President Donald Trump to follow through on his campaign promise of curtailing the power of pharmaceuticals. That would be huge because that actually affects everybody uh, in my district, not just the, the elderly, but, you know, young people that are you know basically rationing insulin right now. And others were concerned with immigration. Marina, the mom whose kids go to a charter school in town, says she opposes family separations. But for Marco, the subject of immigration was a personal one. His grandfather was deported last year, and Marco feels like his grandfather should have had a second chance. It is not, I'm not saying that it's easy living here, because it's not, because I work and I like, you know, like every day, every day. And, you know, for, but for a person in Mexico, it's like, they make what I make in a like in a day. They make in a week, you know. So like, it they should at least have like a second chance of, you know, like at least have like a chance of living here and and getting, you know, help. Marco says he doesn't necessarily hate President Trump and that he believes the president is trying. But Marco also thinks that building a border wall shouldn't be a top priority when compared to agenda items like fighting poverty. And he disagrees with some of the president's depictions of Mexicans. If he would know what a person goes through every day over there and how they live and how they like struggle, you know, then he would understand like why we jump over here and, you know, we try to make a living. Why people live in their cars and, you know, are happy with the hundred dollars because over there, like, I don't think they've ever even seen like a two, like a hundred dollars. So who will people in District 7 vote for and why? Well, like with a lot of these things, it depends on who you ask. Marco said he considers himself a Democrat, but he's not sure who he'll vote for in 2020. And that includes whether or not he'd vote for Trump. I honestly don't know. I honestly, like, I mean, he's like, he has our economy, like, really good. Like, everything is doing, like, everything's booming. Like, everything's doing really good. It's just, you know, I really don't have a problem with him. It's just, just his word choice. If he would change his word choice, I feel like things would be a lot better. Others, like Marina, were decidedly in favor of more left-leaning candidates. Um, I feel that Bernie has a lot of the same views as far as, you know, the health care, making it all across the board, schools. Um, he's definitely been one to really put his thoughts out there and be for the people all around and not just the people who are making money. So he wants to see the people in poverty, see the people in middle class, see the people, everybody across the board having an equal fight at uh, health care, education, all of that. And some were on the fence. Melinda moved here from California. She's always identified as a Democrat, but she thinks that Republicans in Arizona make a strong case for their beliefs. And she's frustrated by partisan politics overall. Just that the Republicans and Democrats need to get it together, you know? I mean, for me to go the Republican way, never been that way, never. Never, never even thought of them, you know? So Yvonne, you spent time talking to Representative Gallego and the voters in his district. 
what were some of your big takeaways? Sure, after spending quite a bit of time in District 7 and talking to voters from all different backgrounds, I think healthcare and access to education, no matter what that looks like, if it's community college, if it's, you know, a, a public university or some other, you know, out of state um, institution, everyone's really looking for the same thing. And it's access to at least something that could get them to a level playing ground. And I think that that is a theme that keeps coming up a time and time again, not just with education, but also with healthcare. Access to healthcare across the spectrum, from mental health services all the way, you know, down to taking care of their kids and getting them to pediatricians and being able to afford um, just a doctor's visit. Ron, you cover this district. What is important about this uh, area heading into the 2020 cycles? Yeah, so there's no great suspense. It's going to vote Democratic when we get to the November elections. But the, where there is suspense is how blue will it get? This is about turnout. This is where Democrats must run up huge numbers to offset the losses they will have in other parts of the state. So if they can engage these younger voters, people who have many other things going on in their lives or just have never really found politics to their liking, they can start to really change the way that this state looks um, you know, throughout when you get to that statewide to top line total. For Ruben Gallego, there's no great suspense about whether he'll get a term, but it is something that may have great impact on somebody like Mark Kelly's prospects for the Senate. I will say that there are so many young people, immigrants and maybe first generation um, Hispanic families who do not seem like they are currently engaged with what's happening. They're maybe paying a little bit of attention to what's going on nationally with Donald Trump, but they don't necessarily always seem to know who their congressman is. They don't know who their state house representative is. They're not even yet involved or paying attention to who is going to be on the ballot with the Senate race. So reaching people like this is going to be the game for Republicans and Democrats in 2020. And I got to tell you, it seems to to me, at least, that it's going to be tough reaching those people. That's it for today, Gaggle listeners. Thank you so much for listening to our special episode on Congressional District 7. We'll be visiting each district throughout the state leading up to the election. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And while we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. And I'm at Yvonne Winget. Today's episode was edited and produced by Katie O'Connell with reporting and translation by Maritza Dominguez. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.